Hello everybody! And it still always utterly delights me whenever I see that intro because, among other things, it means that we are due for yet another speculate special episode on this channel, twitch.tv slash Elrond. Thank you so very much for joining us for yet another session of Girl by Moonlight, Fractal Spire. I will be your humble uh, stage manager this evening, Brandon O'Brien. Thank you so very much for joining us. We are very excited to get into some dream shenanigans because we haven't for a while because my PC didn't want us to, but now we are going to get into more of that. Without further ado, I would like to introduce you to all of my cool friends who are about to uh, get into some dream shenanigans. And by my friends, I mean your friends. And by your friends, I mean these strange friends. So I am just going to very rudely interrupt whatever remarkable groundbreaking conversation that they were just having that I just butted myself into without any care in the world because I'm a rude and terrible person as I now come over to this screen so you can say hello to all of my strange friends hello strange friends hi Happy strange friends <laughs> we have too many bits I'm very excited to get into some dream shenanigans with you all, but before we do so, I would like uh, you all to introduce yourselves to all of the lovely people in chat by telling them who you are, what you do, and who you will be playing this evening, starting with Mike. Hey everybody, I'm Mike. I write as Michael R. Underwood. This summer, I'm reissuing my geeky urban fantasy series. Uh, books one and two are out now. You can get them in paperback and ebook. I am one of the three co-hosts of Speculate, along with Brandon and Greg. And you can watch our just-started Court of Blades series, Valaword, at youtube.com slash Arvanelaron. I'm Mike R. Underwood on Twitter and stream at twitch.tv slash TurboTango. He, him pronouns for me. I play Vic Sains, the Guardian. They, them pronouns for Vic. Nice. Thank you. Next, Valerie. Hello, 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 friends. I am Valerie Valdez, she, her pronouns. I am the author of Space Operas, Chilling Effects, Prime Deception, and the forthcoming Fault Tolerance, which will be out next month. And I stream on Twitch as the kids are asleep. I will be playing Nina Lopez, the unlikely hero. Nice. Next, Yoi. Hello, hello, Yoi Wayne Lin, game and fiction writer, pronouns he, they. Today I am playing Vermilion Jingwei Ruth, who is the outsider, pronouns he, they, also for Ruth. Nice. And last but not least, uh, who is presently recovering from a brief lighting error taking place off screen, uh, Iori. Oh no, that was very much on screen. <laughs> Happy time zone chat. Kusano Yori, they, them pronouns for me. I am playing Cat Holly, the time traveler, who at least for now is she, her pronouns. Aha. Uh -huh. And again, I am your humble GM this evening, Brandon O'Brien, pronouns he, they. I play all of the parts of the world that hate all of these people and want them to suffer. And in, in keeping with the discovery of that suffering, a brief recap of our last session... Uh, includes mentioning that they have, that our uh, wonderful Dream Knights have briefly struggled with the idea that they now have the worst unlikely ally ever in Dice Calendrine, <laughs> who has now given them a great deal of information about how terrible the conspiracy that is afoot is and how much it seeks to destroy them, including but not limited to being the target of that destruction while literally talking to them. But in the midst of providing all of that information, has been attacked by ninjas, briefly put off by the 
idea of continuing to share this information with said Dream Knights, and still is willing, in in their own unique way, to try their very best to still be allies to our Dream Knights as much as possible, only to, unbeknownst to our friends here, be waylaid in the middle of the night by an unknown assailant, while leaving Somnio uh, in the midst of presenting more information to them. And then, as they all retreat to their homes uh, later that evening, they have all been alerted that something is afoot in the dreamscape. As you all are in your homes, you, are, you all notice an alarm of sorts, letting you know that something is taking place in the dream. But it's an alarm you've never seen in this state before. You, you know that... If something is afoot in the dream, a mirror of some sort in your vicinity will typically give you an alert. And especially if it involved someone that you actually cared about, like any of your friends. But all of your friends seem safe because their alarms aren't going off. And there is this sickly dark green emeraldish glow coming from these mirrors that you can all see in your own homes all of a sudden. And you've never seen that before, and you have no idea what it means. So we're all at home, correct, when this happens? Yeah. All of you, uh, some of you have been home for a while, some of you have just arrived. But you are all presently at home when this happens. I think before we jump into investigating, we had better take our crew upgrade because we're super squishy, and I want whatever bonus we're getting before we head into the dream. <laughs> oh, yes, y'all have a fancy new crew upgrade that will hopefully make you more resistant to some of the suffering that you will endure uh, in this game. Have you all decided what that might be yet? Yoi, what were our options? So the options that we have been choosing between were moment of crisis. Text for that reads, when factoring your engagement role, if you answer yes to does this mission determine the fate of a friend, gain plus 2D instead of plus 1D. You also gain plus 1D when you help a friend recover from emotional harm. That is the first one. The second one was lucid, transcendent ability, so it only applies when a character transcends. That ability text reads, each protagonist marks a transcendent action dot in forgive, express, and conceal. So those were our primary options. So it's interesting because in, in all the other playsets, I think there's the expectation of transcendence is much more common because there's less of a like an identity bifurcation. Whereas Yeah, in the other playsets, people fucking want to transcend. <laughs> like all of our characters have complicated relationships with our avatars. Yeah. <laughs> Also, I think this is the series that has the most restriction on transcendence in that you can only transcend when dreaming. Whereas the other ones, correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but you can transcend more or less any time in waking. I think there may yeah. be a restriction in on a sea of stars because you have to, transcending allows you to connect with your engine. So you can only transcend when mm -hmm. inside the engine which is a restriction in and of itself, but otherwise, within the other playsets, you can transcend mm -hmm. pretty much at any time. Yeah, but, like, we are doing a pre-release playtest here, and we wouldn't be doing a good one if we weren't doing this shit on hard mode. <laughs> <laughs> this is technically true, yes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
I think, or one way to pitch it is if we take Lucid, then that is mechanical incentivization for us to showcase the various transcendent forms and the avatars and their relationships. Mm -hmm. But specifically with respect to forgiving, expressing, and concealing. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's still a lot of motivation to transcend in the first place to see what that would look like. We are all concealing many things. Maybe true. we would start expressing things if we had some fucking dots in it. <laughs> and God knows we will all, by the end of this, have plenty of opportunity to use forgive. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I will say I am very open to the idea, specifically as GM, leaning into some of my favorite touchstones when I pitched that we would play this series in particular for Girl by Moonlight is that I like the idea that your friends are not limited to your fellow Dream Knights. So if at some future point you decided you wanted to do something for a redeemed former enemy or someone that you interact with on a regular (laughs) basis. (laughs) Oh lord. I am saying that that is a possibility that 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 would be open to you. If you would so um, seek to use it. The fact that you were so eager to let me know that means that that is information that I've now stored in my brain. You should have never given it away to me. Yoi has been pretty consistent about flagging his thoughts about that character. Yes. (laughs) Ruth is a very, very consistent person in terms of uh, emotional likes and dislikes. Mm -hmm. So my vote is for Lucid. What about the rest of you? I am also happy with Lucid. Plus one for Lucid. Yeah. Uh, Nina cannot benefit from Mm. Lucid because Nina cannot as of yet (laughs) transcend. But when you do transcend, Nina, you will have powers. Yes. Let's be real. Three-fourths of this team is not super hyped about transcending. (laughs) So I'm not sure how much good this is actually going to do us. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, team, let's mark suck. our transcendent action dots and forgive, express, and conceal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am adding the ability text to the um, series sheet. Nice. With that being said, and now being marginally less squishy in the world, how do you all respond to the green light emanating from your mirrors? Ruth text Vic, what the fuck? <laughs> Without any context or preamble. Brandon, what the fuck? (laughs) Is this something that I've experienced? Does this remind Vic of anything? Should I roll about it? There's a... I I believe there is a roll for that. What would you like to roll for it? Analyze seems like the best thing. Mm -hmm. But I think... I guess the in the moment, using perceive... Of like, is this an immediate threat to us? I think I will will take that because 1D possibly at less effect versus 0D at possibly greater effect. I think I'll go with 1D. Okay, I, I, so I do want to qualify then just to be absolutely sure. Perceive is more, perceive will give you more information in the uh, vein of is this an immediate threat? Is this something that I'm supposed to be immediately concerned about? analyze will give you more information in the vein of have I seen this before? Does this resemble an experience that I've had before as a dream knight? Is there something about this that seems familiar or that I can take a closer look at? Given that information, are you still going to settle with Perceive? 
I mean, I should I should try analyze. I'm just bad at it. And it's uh, let's let's see. Well, I only have two stress. Uh, or I could or someone could spend a link uh, if we think that this is worth putting resources into. I have a link. I have two links, <laughs> which is very funny because Ruth and Vic mechanically are rivals uh, as per the outsider playbook. So one of the things I can do is to grant plus one D to an ally's action. I suppose within this context, we could contextualize that by saying like there's a brief text interchange where Vic asked Ruth, what do you mean? What the fuck? <laughs> because right. that's not actually very helpful. And that gives uh, Vic some hint as to what to analyze, just because right. we're both seeing the same green glow in the mirror. Yeah, because if we're communicating by text, could it be a normal assist? And then anything you can do, I can do better shows up? I do not actually have that yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Yep. Uh, misreading. No it's okay. So that elevates that elevates your rule from... 2d6 and take the lesser result to 1d6. Mm -hmm. uh, so as there... a normal assist, I take two stress or one stress? Normal assist is one stress. If you spend okay. a link, it's just the link. Mm -hmm. Okay. Since we're doing this over text like he suggested, I'll say it's the same thing. It's um one stress. Okay. Brandon, is there a poison promise here that I could use <laughs> in lieu of a push? There is a poison promise that I do have in mind. Do I want to make this? Are there two clocks in Blades in the Dark? That sounds like a lot. Okay, so the poison promise that I do have for you is upon interacting with this in an analytical sense rather than simply moving into the dreamscape, you will have interacted with some dark, lingering magic that is now physically within your mirror. The consequence of which is that it will activate a four clock for the condition stranded. Um, <laughs> the consequence of which being when that clock hits four, all of you will become separated within the dream. Oh, no, I, I don't want to inflict that on the, on the others. If we could all transcend, I would say yes, but one of us cannot transcend. Mm -hmm. Although it would make for really good drama. It would make for very good drama, but also right. it'd be nice to not lose Nina. <laughs> what what do y'all think as players about that? I will correct you that I do think you are indeed fair. It's not that you will all be separated from each other. It is just that Vic will be separated from the rest of the group. Sold. <laughs> I still expected there to be some kind of debate. I guess you... Uh, okay, self-sacrifice it is. Um, Thanks, Deed. XP! <laughs> so that's uh, 2d6 then for mm -hmm. your analyze role. Your position is desperate. And your effect is limited. Uh, let's see. What can I do to improve effect? Mark your desperate XP! I should mark my desperate XP. I like to think that right before Vic like stops the text exchange to do the mirror examination, mm -hmm that Ruth gets a bad feeling and texts them, don't do stupid shit, and then Vic goes and does stupid shit. <laughs> okay, so I'm just gonna, I, I'm putting in the explanation so we know what, what's, what's going on. I'm gonna roll 2d6 and let's we'll see if 
see how good or bad of an idea this is. There's a six. Yeah. Almost a crit. Six and a five. Nice. 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 This is good. I mean, the clock still fills one segment. So that's one of four on Stranded. But you have never seen this green glow before. But you've seen glows before. Some like lilac pinkish ones, some deep crimson ones. Usually any of these is just a sign that something very strange is happening in the dream. Of note to you in particular is, of the few times that you've actually operated as a dream knight alongside Euphony, and in a lot of those circumstances, while venturing in within the dream only with Euphony alongside you, you have noticed one thing in common with all of those things. Someone is attempting to exert control over the dream that is so powerful that very briefly... The dream is not operating under its own conditions, but like as much of the dreamscape as possible is operating under the conditions of someone else acting upon it. Almost as if Euphony has never told you this directly, but has kind of hinted at it poetically, that it's almost as if the dreamscape is sending you the SOS and not someone else. But you have no idea what that means. The dream has always been hostile to you. So a part of you is like, I don't give a damn if it feels good. I just want to make sure someone else doesn't get hurt. But that is a thing that you think those things have in common. But you don't know what any specific color means. So those might just be random. Very cool. So Vic, with practiced uh, social media influencer tapping thumbs, messages all three of the others The green glow is not exactly like something I've seen, but the closest I've seen is when someone is leaning so hard on the dream to try to control it that they're almost running the whole thing. This is probably pretty big. We should go in if we can. Inside the group chat, this message just blips up unprompted, and Ruth sees this and texts Vic in their original one-on-one thread. You did stupid shit, didn't you? Shut up, it's fine. You are a fucking liar. Kat responds in the group chat with just the crying emoji because she really wanted to sleep tonight, like sleep normally. <laughs> Wouldn't sleep like, have been know, so nice. Get those goddamn delta waves, let her body repair itself. You all now have this information. Does this mean now that you all venture into the dream? So with the glow would we all be able to focus on the same thing to go in and arrive together? Or we need to do some, dump something else to arrive together. This is a thing that you would know. So I'm just going to give this to you uh, straight away. Typically in order to arrive at the same place within the dream relative to someone else's dreaming, you would need to enter a mirror that is physically close to that person or enter your own mirror with something that is personal to that person. But you have no idea who this is for. Alternatively, you can all arrive at the same place within the dream. The only two ways to do so are to all enter with a thing that you all share value in, or all enter through the same mirror. Well, we have those collages in our mirrors, right? So we each have a bit of something from each other. So wherever we go, we're not splitting the party, at least. We just might not be that close to our target. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm personally fine with that. Because you pointed that out, this means that this is a thing that Kat knows. 
one of the shards of mirror that you own is Euphony's. Which means that if all of you entered through Euphony's shard, you would all enter in the same place. Is this because Euphony made the collage that we would all enter into the same place? Yes, it is. It... I mean, you all had the idea to do the thing, even though Euphony was the one who told you that this was the effect that it would have. But it's less that it's because they made it, and more that it is the one shard of mirror glass that you all own that isn't just the piece of glass that is doing that duty for everybody else. It is, in a lot of ways... One of the few things of euphonies that you still all have, and as a result, even if you don't think about it sentimentally, has elevated itself through its engagement with the dreamscape to a kind of sentimental status that gives it that ability. And this is something only Cat knows, or Cat has figured out. No, I think we all know. Yeah, that's that. a thing that you okay. all know. We all know from season one. Okay. Mm-hmm. In particular, I imagine it's a, it's a thing that Ruth hates. Yep. <laughs> yep, Ruth hates it. <laughs> yeah. So do you all enter through Euphony's Shard of Glass? I, I mean, think so. I, I mean, guess. Dramatically, <laughs> it sounds cool. <laughs> I, I suppose we all have to, yeah. Ruth pings everyone to not forget their Dream Exit Care packs, which he made for everybody, unasked for and unprompted. Um, it's basically like a little, like a little tiny little bug out package, so that when people leave the dream, they're not without their phone, their wallet, their keys, um, some like first aid emergency stuff. So that way, if we happen to exit out of I don't know the back of a stop sign in the middle of a highway, none of us are you know short of any money to get a taxi back home. Brandon. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Sometimes those things happen. The dreamscape is very volatile like that. I'm sorry. It's not my fault. It's the world's fault. Mm. That's what all GMs would like to believe. Um, <laughs> so you all emerge in the dream. And you all find yourself in a place that, very briefly, doesn't look very much like the dream. It looks like... A street in the middle of the desert in the middle of the night. This seems vaguely familiar to you all, if only because, even though the dreamscape is not a physical place with physical dimensions, you all see one thing that you all recognize very immediately before you discover all of the things that are strange, which is uh, the very last time that you all emerged in the dream through Euphony's mirror in particular. You all arrived at a part of the dream that Euphony had interacted with prior to the end of season one, where they planted a small belladonna plant, a real belladonna plant that they had picked in the real world, in the dream, and tied ribbons to its stem with all of your initials uh, on each of those ribbons, as if to mark this place as the place where you all... Uh, had finally decided to enter the dream as one, as a community of dream knights. And you see that belladonna plant at the edge of that street in the middle of the desert. What you also notice is that on the other side of the street is a very large glass and steel building. It looks like 
maybe a spa, but it's lit up from the outside as if it's a casino. It's like just lot, just lots of like, like very bright lights at the at the top edge of the uh, outer wall of this building. The glass double doors are as tall of as three or four of you, and standing. Inside, on the other side of those uh, glass double doors, you see what looks like two tall young women uh, wearing uh, red striped nurses' outfits. Ruth is irritated because those outfits are not up to code. Yeah, they don't actually look like anything that an actual nurse would wear. Um, They look like something someone would wear if they were role-playing a nurse. Can't say it's... That encouraging that Kat thinks this is a themed cafe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does have this is themed cafe vibes. A shitty concept cafe. Yeah, so Vic, Vic says, I can't say that I'm too enthusiastic about the fact that this thing is right across the street from the Belladonna. It's a dream. Things just appear in dreams, no? Yeah, but psychic proximity. Maybe it's nothing. Anything ever nothing. Maybe someday, someday it will be. You think that I mean, someone put this building across from the plant deliberately? I mean, nothing can ever really be nothing because we have been running around playing Ninja Warrior in other people's psyches. Yeah, but sometimes some stuff in dreams is just the mind defragging. Also, how do we know that this isn't somehow our fault? Just for all the time we spend rearranging the furniture in other people's heads, how do we know we didn't make this happen? It's a good question. Uh, we go inside. I think we probably we we should. Though if it's uh, if this were backlash for, or maybe this is backlash for Ruth because of how wrong those outfits are. Wait, Ruth is looks at Vic the people? way he usually looks at dice. Cat <laughs> puts her arm through Ruth's arm. In a way that looks cuddly, but is also sort of about making sure he has one less arm to punch with. <laughs> wow. <sighs> so are you going through the doors then? Unfortunately, like- I think so. <laughs> you walk towards the doors, and the the nurses on either side of those doors uh, pulls them inward. Uh, and gestures for you to uh, enter, and they say in perfect tandem in voices that sound strangely younger than uh, their bodies look. Welcome to... And then they say something else, but it sounds like it's been garbled in the sound of static, but you can hear like it sounds like it starts with the letter R, but you don't make out what the word is. Oh, great. It's also a robot cafe. Anyone who has now approached the door can give me a roll to notice something about the hallway and the things in that hallway. Is this a perceive roll, perchance? Perceive will work, yes. Okay, I shall roll a perceive. Okay, your position is risky and your effect is limited. That is a five. Ah, a five is enough because you are close to the door. You notice that the two figures that opened the doors for you are indeed mannequins. 
Um, their eyes are moving, but their lips are not, and their limbs are moving as if they do not have joints within them. It is very disturbing, I'm sure. Uh, well... <laughs> I wonder if anybody made a character who has a fear of mannequins. <laughs> Uh, upon noticing that the nurses are mannequins, Ruth grumbles and goes, Great, the statues talk here too. Do you all just continue down the hallway or do you look out for anything else? I'm up to continue. Are the mannequins following us? Uh, nope, they're still holding the door. Oh, thank goodness. For someone to be manipulating the dream at the scale that would produce that kind of effect... I would imagine that we're probably looking for the most pampered patron or the most, uh, the host or owner doing all of the uh, pulling the strings. I believe at this point, this would be a good place for us to position the actual engagement rule for this mission. So you, al- you already get one, one die for free because there is always hope. Is this mission particularly heroic or noble? It might be especially inadvisable. We don't know enough about it yet. <laughs> well, yeah, we, if... we don't know the rescuing dice, so uh-huh. if, if we're, if, like if, if we don't know, then does it count? Like that's well, a GM Brandon question. did clarify that this is when the dream itself is sending an SOS signal, which Vic communicated to us. So, therefore, mm-hmm. would it could it be framed as noble that we are going in? in response to a need of the dream. I mean, that would only that would only count if y'all care. Do you care <laughs> that the dream itself might be in peril? Cuz the dream has been kind of antagonistic toward you for most of your life. Vic at least believes that there is a version of the dreamscape that can be positive. And if people like Dice can be rehabilitated, there's nothing to say that the dreamscape can't be rehabilitated, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that, that is enough for me. So take plus one. Does the mission's goal or methods reflect the worst parts of the protagonists? No, so you do not um, subtract one die. Uh, is the mission following through on details from the protagonist's investigation? Unfortunately not. Are the protagonists acting rashly or on very little information? Unfortunately, mm. that is the case, so take minus 1D. So you're back mm. to 1. Does this mission determine the fate of a friend? I, as GM, must let you know for, mechanically that this is the case, so take plus 1D. Oh. Um, are troubles from the protagonist's mundane lives getting in the way of this mission? No. Do we count Ruth's entire <laughs> attitude as a complication of mundane life? I mean... Wow, thanks. <laughs> I was gonna let it slide, and then you pointed it out. The oh. desert bus was rolling by, and Cat just like whoop underneath the bus. <laughs> oh God! I feel like I feel like it is only a state of honesty that I must subtract one die. So you're back to one. I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Does the mission's tear exceed the current tear of the investigation track? Mechanically, I... it does not. Are there any other elements that you want to consider due to circumstances or events in your world at the director's discretion? These factors might improve or impede your engagement role. So I'm going to give you plus one die because Vic has been in a situation like this before. So you'll be rolling two dice for your engagement role. 
Two questions. Yes. One, do we get any bonus dice for having a completely full investigation track? And two, conversely, do we lose dice for something on the, the um, suspect chart? Aha, uh-huh. I keep forgetting to look at the suspect chart. Because, like, I've never played a Blades game where suddenly things will affect your co- your ability to continue doing these things. We um, are nerfed so hard <laughs> because of that chart. <laughs> Maze of Dreams is is definitely hard mode. The it may not be the hardest mode of the playsets. Yeah. All right. Yes, because you haven't identified everyone at the indoctrination level of the conspiracy. Yeah. So it's minus one uh, to my- engagement until all are identified and the overseer is confronted. So we're still missing the propagator and we're still missing the follower in that particular cell. So we get the minus one to engagement. And because we don't have anybody identified in followers, we haven't identified all the followers. Foes are at plus one scale until all followers are identified. So yes, you'll be ruling uh, one die for engagement. Okay. Does anybody feel lucky today? Uh, yes. No. <laughs> I have faith in you, but I'm the GM, so you probably shouldn't trust my faith. Okay, so I guess Vic is rolling this one? Uh, sure. Yes, I will ask Vic to roll. One I'm willing to, to take the Wait. blame. If... Do we Go have ahead. to do it in roll 20, or can Mike show off his fancy new dice? <laughs> mm. <laughs> While I would love very much to show off your fancy new uh, wormwood and dispel dice, I don't know how we're going to see what you rolled. I guess you're on you, your honor. Yeah, you would have to. You would have to trust me that I was not doing shenanigans. We could mm-hmm. do both. You show off the dice, and you roll and roll twenty. <laughs> no, I'll just roll and roll twenty. Uh, that's a four. Risky. Aha! Uh-huh. You are risky with the. Uh, you are in a risky position when the action starts, which is represented by two things. One, the four clock stranded has now ticked its second segment, and Uh-oh. two. Either Vic or Cat, I would like you to give me a perceive roll. I don't have any dots in that. Do you have dots in that? I have one. I will you, I will tank that. Okay, role. it's your roll. <laughs> your position is desperate and your effect is limited. Do I get bonus effect for my guardian ability that says you get plus one effect when anticipating threats? Yes, you do. Uh, yeah, when you gather info to anticipate possible threats in the current situation, you have plus one effect level. Oh, um, so does that mean ah, that I get effect li- level? So that does means that mean that I get limited even on a failure? Yeah, if it's effect level, then that means that your position- no, I guess it would be result level would be limited even if I fail. If we're using blades te- terminology, so it may just be desperate stand or desperate standard. Yeah, it becomes desperate standard now. And I'm rolling 1D. And that's a 1. Womp womp. Oh my god! Well, Um, this was bound to happen eventually. Well, let me mark that. Oh my word. Oh, it was at Risky, though. It wasn't, um... Yeah, it was Risky. Wait, was it? Yeah, it was Risky. Okay, you had said Desperate. I will take that away. Did I say desperate? If I said desperate and I forgot, then it's desperate. Please mark XP as okay. as needed. I guess my brain became hollow. I apologize. Yeah, because um, like mechanically, it would make sense for the first roll after engagement to take the 
the position of the engagement result, right? Mm-hmm. But then again, you're in the dream, and none of you have transcended yet, etc., etc. So things are always very volatile. Okay, so this is how this happens. <laughs> Vic, you're trying to get the read of your surroundings. Some things dawn on you as you are all now walking down this corridor. The walls are white, you are seeing lots of small glass double doors on the left and right hand sides of the walkway that lead into rooms where you see like uh, spa beds and saunas and like all kinds of other uh, such hospitality accoutrements. But you don't see anybody in them. You try some of those doors, they're open. No one's in those rooms. Um, you keep continuing down this way, trying to get any sense of anything noteworthy. And then, very briefly, like, maybe you blink. Maybe your eye just kind of susurrates in the dream, or there's a glitch in the visual presentation of this part of the dreamscape that you didn't really make sense of and you no longer feel like you're in this corridor just briefly and then again you're walking down the corridor as normal and as you keep walking you continue find you continue to find rooms that don't seem to have anyone in them and then you turn to your left and one of these spa rooms has a very large hole in it in the floor and like a small mound of dirt on the tile beside the hole. And you see a hand poke up out of the hole and try to climb out of the hole. Does that hole look familiar? The hole looks terribly familiar. You saw it in another dream. Okay. Oh, this hole! I think this oh, no, 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 no. As you see it, I would like everybody else to give me a one-die fortune roll. As as Nina sees it, or uh, the only person who has seen the hole, the only person who has noticed okay. the hole is Vic. Everybody okay. else, I would like you to give me a one die fortune roll. That is a four for Nina, a four for Ruth. That's a two. Ah, cool fun. Um. Oh boy. <laughs> is it though? Is it cool and fun? <laughs> I don't think it is. I asked for the fortune rolls because the result of the perceive roll has the unfortunate side effect of filling the stranded clock. The theme music for Speculate is Yellow Wood by Greg's band The Road. Find out more at www.thebandtheroad.com.
Hi everyone. If you've enjoyed what we've been doing here on Speculate and you've been thinking to yourself, where can I get more role-playing in my life? Can I recommend arvanelleron.com, A-R-V-A-N-E-L-E-R-O-N.com, where you can check out the Curse of Strahd podcast. This, set in the world of Ravenloft, is a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition campaign, which has been running for a long time with a similar group of players, and which has been both a lot of fun and I think you will find enjoyable. If you like it, please let us know both there and over here. You can subscribe to it on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, and many other fine podcast providers. Thanks, and we'll see you over there.